podcast. My name is Sophia Ansari. And I'm Breck Warren. Hi, everyone. We are back with yes. a new episode. Summertime. Yay, so, yes. summertime. Yes, we were just catching up before we even started, before we Ooh. hopped on, right? And yeah. uh, we've had some pretty eventful summers, yeah, <laughs> needless yeah. to say. It's only about what, halfway through. I mean, I go I back to, to school in a little over a month, actually. Yeah, it goes by. So, yeah, so. it does. But we use comic books to keep us busy and entertained, yes. and we'll be talking today about excellence. Yes. And uh, this was recommended by you, Breck. Yeah. And I'll have to ask you in a bit how you find these comic books and what <laughs> you know, because I'm you do you find things that I don't think well they're not you know out there in mainstream and people. Yeah. You know, so I'll have to ask you in a bit because this is a good one and I and I really mm-hmm. liked it and just some some info briefly on on excellence. It's from Image Comics. We've talked yeah. a lot about work from Image comics and mm-hmm. the writer is Brandon Thomas. The artist is Kari Randolph, who I love and I've become like obsessed with and followed him on all his social media recently. <laughs> oh yeah, I just realized I did I did send you a list of books. I'll I'll get on that He's after this. So good. He's so yes, good. Yes, he is. He is. Oh man. <laughs> uh, and then the colorist is Emilio Lopez, who also did a beautiful job uh, making this comic mm-hmm. book vibrant and jump out the pages. And so all the creators are of people of color. Mm-hmm. And that's important. And yep. we support, you know, support this work. And, you know, in a nutshell, just sort of a, an overview of what this comic book is about. And then we'll we'll sort of get into it, right? And, and review it and discuss yeah. our thoughts and sort of some of the social justice stuff that's come out at us that we've seen in this book, which is, there's a lot. There's a yes. lot of underlying, <laughs> like, metaphors. When is, oh, when is there yeah. not a metaphor in a comic book? Um, yes. so, so it's really, this, this book is about a young man named Spencer Dales. And he's born into this this world of magic, and uh, this this I guess elite family that's like magical yeah. family, mm-hmm. and he really struggles with being born into this family and really his dad's expectations of him, right? Like his dad mm-hmm. has all these high expectations, and he's supposed to be this really great wizard, but you and know you we see you see just that that first issue, like the first couple right. of pages, just how hard it is for him to live right. up to this ideal that his father has set for him right because like we see all the different ages like age four age five age six and and the and the magic isn't happening and his dad's like do better right i think at one point he even accuses his wife of having an affair yep he did and he she was like don't you even she (laughs) like mom was like mom was like don't 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 come in with you being with this BS and it's actual word. We're trying to keep it clean here, though. But right. yeah, she yeah, they get into it, man. They get it's, into it, yeah. yeah, and and you know, and yeah. So time goes on, and as he grows up, you know, his dad even ends up mentoring another student mm-hmm. named Aaron, right? Yep. And so now he's like taking on this like other son, and. We do see that eventually Spencer's, you know, they, the powers do manifest. They they do yes. come to be. But, look, he's grown up, you know, with resentment and anger. Mm-hmm. And so now he has all of this anger inside of him for his dad not being there for him right. and not supporting him. And so really what this book is about is 
his father son relationship, right? Yeah, that's one. Yeah, and that's and and I did I watched an interview with Brandon Thomas, and he okay. did say that this book is based on his own relationship with his dad. Oh wow! So it's inspired, and and I think a lot of us can resonate to this I think, story. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of us. What yeah. whether you're black, white, right. Indian, Native, whatever. Like you have this ideal of your parents. Right. Or your parents have this ideal of you, I should say. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. when you don't live up to it, yeah, it's going to, it's rough sometimes. Right. Like I said, I think we've all been there like, I expected you to get an A. And, you know, and then me Mm -hmm. and my own son is like, I expect you to get an A. And he'll probably say that to his own son. And it's just. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a it, look as a South Asian, <laughs> I relate to the whole high expectations <laughs> okay. the parents have. So mm-hmm. I, I totally felt this. And you know, not only is this is this book about father son, but it's also about brothers because mm-hmm. we we see yes. this relationship with him and Aaron, and you know how that unfolds. And so it's about father sons brothers what you do with anger and how you harness Uh-oh. that pain and yes. anger and, and what you do with it so there's a lot yes um yeah so there's uh we want to talk a little bit about you know sort of the world oh but before we get there can i just make a brief commentary yeah, on right. the art because we were talking about it but now is it me or did spencer look like michael b jordan and i think then... so yeah you look at it because yeah I, and i and i can say that after you said after you say that because laura and i my, my wife laura and i just got done watching uh the new fahrenheit 451 the other night Okay. And then looking through this again, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see it. Uh, he I is Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> so I think Kari, I think he, he used him as inspiration. And then Aaron, who we've talked about, like the, the brother, the other the other student, looks like Killmonger, like how Michael yes. B. Jordan. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right? So. Because he, he's got the dreads and. Yes. Yeah. And he's so. like, we, well, no, I don't want to give too much. But, but yeah, yes. We'll just say yes. They they so that that was that was on my mind throughout and then there's a lot of um, there's an ode to juice in here if you watch the movie Juice mm-hmm. you'll see a lot of the artwork is an ode and there's different scenes that sort of yep. even looks like the cover of Juice so w- while you're reading this and while you'll see those things pop up and that was sort of in the back of my head the whole time I'm like man this is like Michael B Jordan up in here but <laughs> it was it's, it, it's 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 a good book <laughs> and if you've never seen Juice I would say check it out yeah it's, definitely it's, check it's, it's out it's one of Tupac's best roles you'll, yes yeah it's his first role wasn't it oh, I think was it was it? his first yeah I think it was oh, his first movie know. yeah. That or above the rim. Either one, either way, you yeah. gotta watch, you gotta check out Juice. You I watch it like every year because it's like on TV every year. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's on TV every year, and I watch it. So um, that's and so I had to like Google it because when I saw something, I'm like, man, why is this speaking Juice? And then I, it, it was confirmed that they drew um, a lot of inspiration. And it's funny because in the interview. They didn't. They didn't really talk about it a whole lot, but they talked a little bit about bitter root for like a second. Uh-huh. And um, the person who was interviewing them said, "Well, there's a bitter root cover that looks like Juice too. Did they copy yep. you?" Yeah. And Brandon Thomas is like, "No, no, no. We came out first. Yep, they did. They they copied us. And he was. You could tell he was a little. <laughs> he's a little like you know. But I, he, ju- I, I just think that bitter root got." Got the more, got got more fame than excellence. That's did. true. And yeah, it's interesting because both of them are optioned. You know, I think I don't yes. know. You know, right now we've been hearing about bitter root a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm sure we'll be hearing stuff about excellence eventually. Yeah. But both have been optioned for films, or well, I don't know if excellence will be a TV show or a film. 
I, I don't know. Well, he he the interviewer asked her, asked him that, and he says, oh, okay. "I don't want to say anything." Oh, okay. Well, no, but he was know. like, "There's something." So obviously, <laughs> okay. yeah. there's something. He didn't tell us if it was a movie or a show, but he says, okay. "I'm not going to tell you much except that there's talk and there's something happening." Well, all right. So, so now see. I'm yeah. I'm going to you know be following that because yeah, that would be great. So. Yeah. Um, Excellence, you know, people were saying, you know, when you say it's about wizards, right? Magic, we're talking about magic here. And yeah. I think people automatically <laughs> want to relate it to Harry Potter, yes, but no, say, no, yeah. no. Yeah, this is not. Nah, it's <laughs> not it's Harry not, Potter. No, it's no, not. No, it's, it's. Oh, that he's going to school. And, right. Well I, guess, well, I guess he does go to school, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just different. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it, it. we'll, we'll kind of uh, build up on the world and talk a little bit. So there's this, this, the society called the Aegis. Mm-hmm. And they're just this like, I don't know, secret organization society. And um, what their job is, is to assign wizards to protect a charge, like a person. Yes. Um, and which is, that has me asking a lot of questions because in the beginning of the book, this like the first issue, um, we see that um, Spencer has to go through like a trial, right? Mm-hmm. So wizards have to go through like a test or a trial a or a test. ritual. Yep. Right, and one so his first trial or ritual or whatever you want to call it is, or his first challenge is to look over this guy who's about to like propose to some girl or something. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's what it <laughs> so, is. Believe it or not, folks. Yeah, and when you're reading this, you're like, wait, what? Like, yeah, who are these wizards? Because he, <laughs> he has to make sure that his, t- his task is to make sure that he propose or that this guy. Propose, or that they end up together, the couple right. end up together, pretty much. And it's so when I read that, I was so confused. I kept flipping back. I'm like, wait, did I miss <laughs> something? Because this seems so inconsequential. This seems yeah. so, like, what? And and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and just because you see this throughout, but they're white people, okay? Yes. And yes. and and so your mind still you goes, wait. So then you start asking questions, like, okay, so then are all wizards black and all their charges white? Because that's sort of what. Mm-hmm. what i was seeing throughout mm-hmm. right i was seeing and I, I had many many questions which they haven't been answered so we both of us we, we read volume one i know you know a little bit more going into right. volume two but yep. and so you probably know the answer to those things but um yeah i was a little confused I'm like well why are they they looking over white people and they're bettering their lives their so lives. it's the the wizard's job to make their life good and I actually wrote down this quote from spencer and he says something like let's see he says I know it's just my reward to follow some deserving white folks and keep <laughs> life from messing them up at every opportunity like it does the rest of us. So that sort of answered my question, right? Like, yeah. oh, so is That's it That's what just... <laughs> it is. Because they can't use the magic on themselves or for themselves. Right. Like, I'm sure we'll get into get to talk about his grandmother and everything, but I mean... Sure. That's like one of the rules that they can't use it on themselves. And they have this power, you know, this great power. Because, I mean, again, the first issue, you saw what happened. You saw the things Spencer was doing and how he had to accomplish his goal and quick thinking and everything else. And Aaron coming after him. Plus, there's pretty much three wizards coming after Spencer. This is all part of the test. They're, They're trying to make sure that he fails. Right. In other words... And right. 
Yeah, it's yeah. You, you guys just gotta read it. it it's because yeah, <laughs> I don't want to give too much. <laughs> right. But, it's like ah, do I say this? I right, don't say right, this. Right. So but yeah, the, there's these these. You know, when when you open the book, you see the family tree, and you see yes. the ten powerful families, mm-hmm. and and you see Spencer's family at the top there. They're one yes. of the top top magical families, and. And I, in that interview, now I have to go back. I don't know if you have it open right now, but Brandon Thomas says, if you look at the tree, it Uh gives you a little bit of clues as to what's happening. There's something coming up in the next volume and it gives you a hint. Like if you look carefully at the tree, something doesn't look right. And the only thing I think I noticed, and I don't have it in front of me, but I think, I mean, I didn't notice like an extra branch off of the Dale's um, name, but I don't know yeah, if that, you know. Huh. Yeah, if you look at it now, if you, it, see, this is where everyone oh, starts going back you know to the what? book. You know what? You, know, you mentioned that. I'm looking at the tree in the beginning. Okay. Yeah. And so, you, like you said, you see the names, that all the names have two branches, except for the Dale's branch and someone above them on the right, the Jackson's. There you go. So, so there's, those are the two families. That, yeah, Everybody that, again has two branches. So that that tells you something, yeah, right? Wow. So we'll have to keep a lookout. But you know, hmm. you know, his first task is to help this you know random white guy propose to his girlfriend. He has all these wizards coming after him, mm-hmm. and we do see that he's successful, and it's all thanks to his grandma because in a scene yep. before that, she gives him some good advice yeah. about how to you know to do something that you're not supposed to do, but he does it, and uh, right. and it's okay because he passes the test and. But everyone's and it's funny you mentioned the girl. I want to go back to that because yeah. the thing you're talking about where they're talking, yeah. she's giving him a haircut, right? And it's yeah. just so funny because if you go to the barbershop <laughs> or any salon, you know, you have that person that you always go to, right? It's always kind of daunting when you gotta when you gotta find somebody new. I don't know if you've ever had this problem, but I have because <laughs> I've, I've lived here and I lived in Chicago and Muncie and. And usually when you go into a bar, like, I remember, <laughs> I always tell the story about how I, because I, I cut my own hair for the most part. Um, but now that I'm growing a beard, it's like, you need to go to the barbershop. So anyway, so um, when I was living in Muncie, Indiana, because I went to school at Ball State, there was a barber on campus. And it was an old white guy. And again, I didn't know anybody who cut hair or anything. So I was like, oh, I'll go see this guy. And so I was the only black guy in, in the barbershop. <laughs> And all these other, all these other white guys, like, oh, I want the George Clooney, or I want the uh, Matt Damon. I have no idea what any of that means, <laughs> but obviously the barber does because he's cutting them up and everything. And so it comes to me, and I say, give me the Michael Jordan, just cut it all off, because I, mean, <laughs> I was like, I just, just cut it all off. But his grandmother is cutting his hair, and she's talking about, you know, don't move unless you want this lining to be messed up. The lining is like the last thing you do to make sure everything is good, make sure your edges, your baby hairs, whatever you want to call them, are are good. And when he goes in to take his test, like even the security guard, because I love that, how security guard says, oh, man, that lining, the lining is fresh. Oh, that's a good cut. (laughs) And it's like, man, yes. It's like, man. So I, I mean, just it, love it that. It speaks to a, I mean, yeah, I mean, it speaks to, to you know, that relationship that people have with their barbers, right? But yeah. it's his grandma. And... There was there was even a whole episode of the series Atlanta, um, which if you have Hulu, you can check it out. It's hilarious. And there's a whole episode where this guy is trying to get a haircut. That's the whole episode. He goes into, he sees a regular barber. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to him next time. I'm going to somebody else. And then the, somebody else messed up his hair. So then he's going, so it ends up with him going back to his old barber. But the whole episode is barber shaking him all around the city, trying to 
mess with his ex-girlfriend, trying to get some money that he owes, like all this crazy shenanigans. And he's like, no, I'm not going him no more. I'm getting the new barber. And it's like, it's kind of like a relationship because this is it the is. guy who you go to all the time. Or if you even saw the movie Soul. Because yeah. I know Soul just came out. Same right. thing. You know, you have this relationship with this person because you're trusting him with your hair, you know? Right. right. And once you get too much cut off or too, or it looks bad, you don't want to go to them, obviously. Right. And right. that's why it's always difficult, you know, to find a good barber. But again, his grandma is his barber, gives him good advice. Tells him, you know, did he was, I mean, he, he asked him, did dad cheat? How did dad do it? And he's like, right. yeah, he did, but here's how you do it. And you don't find out until later on, obviously, because she doesn't, you know, you got to read the book. But, right, yeah. you got to read the book. But yeah. he, he listens to her her, um, her advice, and, and, you know, he ends up doing good, and he makes his yes. dad proud for the first yes. time when he uh, accomplishes the task and he gets mm-hmm. the guy to fall in love or marry or what, propose to yeah. the girl. And, and, you know, that all works out really great. And, you know, the, the grandma is such a matriarchal figure, just like in Bitterroot we talked yes. about the grandma. Oh, and, you know, this book, I think... In the letters pages, which, by the way, I didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to read those because they weren't included in in the Hoopla version that I had, which yeah. I was really sad about. So I had to go and Google, and the only thing I found were little bits and pieces of the letters pages because they don't mm. just put it out there. Mm. And but one thing I think in the letters pages that Brandon Thomas talks about is that this is really about like the black experience, you know, yes. excellence, black excellence. It's rooted throughout this entire book, and we know grandmothers, and this is in my culture too. The matriarch, right, is the grandma mm. holding it, always yep. cooking for everybody. Yep. Uh, can't be rough around the edges, but you know she's a softy. That that's the yep. same thing, like yep. in our in my culture, the South Asian. So so you know, I think it speaks to us when we come from that sort of family union. So that was an important piece, like the whole getting the the haircut and all of that, and getting advice from his grandma. That's that's an important piece mm-hmm. of that. But you know, he does great. He makes him proud, and we do see eventually that the grandmother. She's in the hospital. She's right. not doing like, so like, good. Like turns right, returns real quick. Right, right. You know, so it's like, oh, everybody's on this high. Everybody, everybody's right. doing good. And like you said, oh, grandma's in the hospital. She's oh. in the hospital, and he's just so upset about it. I mean, he wants to help his grandma. He loves his grandma. She mm-hmm. means a lot to him, and so he wants to use magic to save her. And his dad is like, oh no, you you can't you can't do that. We can't mess with. Can't something. break the rules and right. Yeah. You can't do that. And, you know, actually, you just brought up rules. There's rules in this wizard world. Yes. And there, I don't know if you want to try, I don't know what page it's on, but there's like one of the rules is uh, you don't fall in love with your charges, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about uh, no. later because that plays <laughs> oh, yeah. in. Yeah, that, <laughs> but that, also, that happens. <laughs> that happens. And uh. then also women can't use magic, but I'm not going to say yeah, much, but say, uh, mm, we see some yeah. things. Especially, so, in, especially in volume two. That, <laughs> exactly. really, that really comes into play when... Yes. Uh, when Raymond tells, yeah, yeah, man. There's it's... a character named Monique. I'm really excited about her, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm excited to see where that goes. But yeah, so there's all these rules. Women can't use magic. You can't fall in love. And there's like all these different rules. And he says you can't do it because if you do, if you break any of those rules, those a- the ages that that secret society, they will take away your magic. They will mm-hmm. punish you. And so you know, Spencer is a very hard headed. I want to say stubborn. I can't always. Um, I don't know. He he annoys me sometimes, but he also I also understand where he's coming from other times. Yeah. And so I get 
why he's stubborn. I get that he loves his grandma and he wants to help her. So he does, you know, obviously he ignores his dad and he goes on this mission to get these healing scrolls or something from, you know, right. you know, and he from, does from this. the library, I think it's called, like the yep, library. Library, mm-hmm, yes, yeah, oh, and, yeah. And a whole bunch of stuff goes down and Aaron's there and yep. they get into it because Aaron's trying to stop mm-hmm. him from making this bad choice, obviously. Cause, cause and, and it's interesting, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like Aaron right. came from Aaron came from nothing. Right. So he kinda had to build himself up. So to get it's it's like uh what's the equivalent is like going to school and you or you go to a private school and mm-hmm. there's a famous teacher there and you know, the you would think that the famous teacher has a child there, but is not performing the way that they quote unquote see them doing. But this guy who's there on a scholarship is, you know, above the charts, off the charts, doing so well, and he's getting all this personal attention. That's kind of mm-hmm. like Aaron. Aaron's getting all this personal attention because he didn't come from anything. Right. And Spencer, I mean, he would talk about how Spencer, you, you had, you know, you had the last name, you had the dad, you had all this stuff, and. Yeah, he was like missing this one element, and that was the magic aspect of it, and that's what Aaron right. had. So right, right, yeah. yeah Aaron's a, yeah. a a great character, and you want to learn more about him too, right? You want to learn, like yes. you said, like where where is he coming from, and yeah. if he wasn't born into the ten families, that was my question. Like, well, well, then that does probably mean that, like, I guess any person can have mm-hmm. magic because if he does, he didn't come from the tree, right? But we don't know. Also, right. we don't know. You that's know, true. What, yeah, we don't know Aaron's last name. Right. We don't so. know his last name. So when we talk about brothers, yeah. it could be brothers in the you know the community. Mm-hmm. Like we're all brothers and sisters, or are yeah. they are they brothers? Like biological yeah. brothers? We're not we're not sure. So yeah. we'll learn more about him. But you know things go go down, and <laughs> when when oh, Spencer is oh, trying do. to get these scrolls and. We end up getting introduced to a character, I guess there are many of these characters, but they're called the (laughs) Overseers, right? The Overseers. And let's talk a little bit about the imagery of the Overseers. I think you and I both sort of have touched, like before we hopped on here, we kind of talked about what they look like. They they wear these, like these white hood. Yeah. Okay. You don't don't see them at all. Like it looks Mm. head to toe bright white and looking at one of the first pictures that you just see you know these blue slits where the eyes would be yeah so and in volume two you actually learn more about them okay i don't i don't know how far you want to go into this but in volume two um raymond is talking to them because at this point you know spencer has done this thing and they know spencer's cutting up and they want him to get his son under control because raymond's whole thing is the family name the family name you know just like you know, any powerful uh, family, I could think of a few in recent history who's kind of going along mm-hmm. this route, but I'm going to say no names. Right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he's thinking about the family name and how how will this look to the family? How, how will our family look towards the other families? How will our legacy be handled? And that's his big thing. And right. so when they're talking to him, talking to Raymond about get your son under control or else we'll do it for you and yeah and then then that overseer goes away and is talking to you know like his, the other people the other cabal whatever you want to call them and who you see there is interesting again you want to find us out to volume two um but I will say it's interesting 
how it all ties together. I don't again. I don't know how how much you want to talk about. Well, it. I, I, I think well, I am I am interested. So you know when when he gets caught by the overseer when he's you know in the library or wherever he is mm-hmm. trying to get the healing scroll and Aaron's there and and he gets caught by the overseer. I I, I do want to say like when I looked at that imagery. I mean okay, I'll just be you know it looked like the KKK. Okay, so yes. that that's yeah, that's yeah. the imagery and that is part of it. And the whole interaction when this overseer is yelling at Spencer, it read like a slave owner and a slave. I'm just going to, you know, just Mm -hmm. the way like, boy, you should be thankful for what you have. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it read like that, like the tone. And as I, well, as we've said, all the wizards we've seen so far are black. And then these overseers are in these white hoods. So there's this obvious like subtext of them. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Again, just, like, sorry, sorry, everybody. It's just so <laughs> you're, much. You're excited. <laughs> but, but, I'm, but I'm flipping through this, at, you know, yeah. through Hoopla as we're talking about it. And there's yes. this page where it says, only those deserving. It's yes. got, like, all these faces. Most of them white. And oh, there's right. three that are black. And it's like, yeah. only the meaning only those deserving will get the power. Or the protection, I guess, now that I think about it, Maybe can go either protection. way. Maybe protection. Yeah, that's yeah, true, because it they're doesn't all white say. faces. Right. Yeah, so. it just says, only those deserving. So, it can go either way. So again, like this interaction sounds like they have all the power mm-hmm. and it can easily be taken away from Spencer or Aaron or anyone who's black. And so that's what this book is all about, is about Spencer knows that the system is broken, right? Mm-hmm. And he is like, I I don't like the system. I don't like where this is going. We always have to protect these other people. We can't even make our lives better. And it's all yes. in their control. We have no control over our own magic. And so that's what this book is about, is about standing up to what's wrong and breaking the broken system down, you know, and building it up. So that that that's what, in a nutshell, really, it's about. And yep. that's what I love about it. It's a, it's a social justice warrior comic book. That's what this is. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's everyone's cup of tea, but that's what we talk about here. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it's interesting because you talk about, you know, how, you know, how the, you can't use the magic themselves or, you know, they're going to take it away. And you actually see what happens to yes. people when they take the power away. Right. You yeah. know, to say, oh, yeah, we're going to take it away. Well, what does that mean? Well, well you see what happens and how um, it's pretty I'm going to say magic is oh, uh, the way the way it's shown. It's like it's like magic is a drug, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And when they cut you off from the source of this drug, if you will. Right. You have to go through outside me. It's just like if you were in a car accident and you get hooked on opioids. And your doctor says, okay, I'm not going to prescribe these anymore. What do you do? You go find an alternative source to get that fix that you need. And it's the same thing within uh, excellence. You see what happens when the overseers cut people off from their magic and the extreme lengths that people will go to, you know, just to have a little bit of power, just just a little taste, you know, -hmm. you know, and you see that. And you, yeah. Yeah, like I said, and I mean, and that happens, right? To Spencer, yeah. he gets his he gets his uh, magic taken away, and unfortunately, the overseer beats beats Aaron as punishment mm-hmm. to Spencer, even though Aaron had nothing to do with, you know, trying to steal. He wasn't trying to steal anything. He wasn't trying to take any of the scrolls. He was this just there to stop Spencer. But the overseer, in order to punish Spencer, he beat up Aaron, and yeah. Spencer was even begging, like, "Man, come on, he didn't do anything." Like. Leave him alone. And he beats up Aaron. He takes Spencer's powers away. And we do. We get to see that Spencer has punishment, like you said, and has to do, like, community service, right? Yeah, yeah. Basically. That's what uh, he's doing. And it's going after those people who are providing the alternative source of magic. 
Right, right. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of like you know, if you're a CI, in order to get your time reduced, or even that movie Snitch. Right. If anybody saw that with The Rock, great movie. Right, right. It, when I worked the shelter care, <laughs> it's The Rock, early Rock. So he's still The Rock. He wasn't Dwayne Johnson at that point. But right. the whole movie is about him trying to help his son out. Well, how's he have to do that by turning in drug dealers? Exactly. And that's kind of like what yeah. Spencer's doing. He's turning in these other... He doesn't want to do it. And trust right. me, it comes back later, like you said, when he loses his magic and, oh, look who's here. But, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, it all comes full circle, but that's that's the equivalent of that. Right. And, so we yeah, get to see man, that. And, so and, much, and definitely, it's good, beautiful imagery. And I know I've always said this, like, oh, artwork, this. But really, Kari does a beautiful... I mean, gosh, it, everything jumps out the page. And it really transition smoothly i couldn't you know i read one through six i didn't know where one ended where two began where three began because it all mm-hmm. went together so smoothly right so i can't yeah. even say oh, in issue two this happened hey, and in three i can't even I'm say that not, hey i'm not gonna lie i'm the same way and i read this before you know individual issues and now i'm reading it again this is maybe the third time i've read this and i'm like wait wait wait, what <laughs> and you have to go back real quick and like did i did i miss something wait well what Hold on, that that's how it ended. Or wait, is this in the sec? So exactly, yeah. there's Trust so me. many, uh, yeah, and there's just so many pieces. Uh, yeah, if you read it again, you pick up on things you didn't even see the first time, and that's what yes, I think makes so a, a good book a good book. And so we have that whole piece. Spencer's in community service, trying to turn in people using even illegal wands, and there's all mm-hmm. these little pages. I want to remind readers that when you have these different pages, like the family tree, and then they have these like little warnings. Read all the pages in the yes. book. Never skip the pages because they're really important. (laughs) Yes, they are. So as you're flipping through, you'll see, you know, there's like a community, like a bulletin service, Mm -hmm. like, oh, warning, you know, don't use it. Anyone who uses illegal wands will be punished. All that stuff goes along with the story. It sets the tone. So don't skip any of the illustrations because it plays into what's happening in the current moment. Um, Yeah, yeah, it it gives you hints. Sorry. Exactly. It gives you hints on what's going on and what's going to happen. Exactly. So So, don't skip those pages because they really used every page they could <laughs> so mm-hmm. and i and i appreciate that and i think you know bitterroot yeah. did the same thing when we were looking at the the, the tree there remember we yeah. had you had to read that to really understand yep. what was going on so uh and so we also there's you know the whole other aspect of the story is we talked about you know one of the rules in the wizarding world is don't fall in love with your charge remember oh, the charge is the person man. you're supposed to take care <laughs> of and make their life better well yes. guess what happens aaron well, uh. <laughs> Aaron's story is great because, you know, he falls in love with his charge, but he does it in all sorts of shady ways. Like the way he alters her life. I mean, was there like murder even in there? Like, was I was like, kinda, wait, he like killed her boss. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, what happened to this guy? Right. I don't know. <laughs> he, uh. he does all kinds of things to make uh, his charge have a good life, but it's, it's at the expense of other people and things obviously wizards aren't supposed to do. And right. so he does all these things and he, he falls in love with her. And obviously that's breaking the rules and... And then we see what happens to him and how he's Cause, punished. Because they, because they try to run away together. They do, literally. You yeah. know. Now, now, I don't, I don't know if she knew that he was a magician. Or, I don't I, think I, so. I don't know. Yeah, it didn't seem but, like it. But yeah. again, they they fall in love, and he's trying. Okay, we're gonna go. But you know, somebody's there to stop Aaron because again, right. he's breaking the rule. And whose right. is it? Oh, it's Spencer. Right. And then Spencer like gets all this stuff off his chest about how he's resented him, how he's hated him, and. 
And Aaron kind of uses the relationship that he has with Spencer's dad against him. Right. You know, while they're fighting, it's like you you could have had all this. You could you were the golden child, and you couldn't live up to it. And I'm taking your spot, and now you're mad because I got this, and you don't. And your dad accepts me as his real son. And again, like you said earlier, it's it's, it's also about anger because that's how right. Spencer manifests his magic. Right. When he's exactly. angry, like that when was the first angry. time, and yeah. so. Yeah, when you I mean, it's this big explosion, and they both end up in the hospital. They do, you and know? that's another. So, oh, talk about the illustrations for a oh, minute there. Yes, it really is. Gosh, the the action. I, I think I said it. Everything. The artwork jumps off the pages, and when you cut to after their scene where they're in this battle, and by the way, they end up. Well, this is important, but they grab each other's wands, which you mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do, or yep. something. And they do do that, and that has some effects, too, which you'll learn about, too. Um, and so that's a whole other piece. Remember, like, the memories, and they have each yep. other's memories. Yep. And, and what they do with that, that's a that's another thing. But they do. They end up in the hospital, and the, the artwork there, like, they are messed up. <laughs> yes. Yes. This isn't a, this isn't a, oh, it's a simple fight. No, because, again, you talk about Michael B. Jordan again. This is Michael B. Jordan at the beginning of Creed too, right. when he got stomped out by right. Drago Jr., I mean, man. It was good. It was, you, you definitely followed. You could see the intensity, and and you could see they were both they were both yeah messed up after that. And yes. And eventually, we see that you know Aaron gets punished, and he goes to yeah. jail, and the jail and again. And I think it's partly again because he's not from he's he's not a Dale's, he's not a Johnson, right. he's not a whatever. He's he's just Aaron. He's just right. there. But yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's, Spencer. there's so many pieces. Like I, I, in the interview, they were saying that when Brandon Thomas, when he was writing this, he said it wasn't just him writing it. He was getting in, like he was getting inspiration from even Emilio Lopez, who's the colorist. And Emilio was the one that said that every magician should have a different color attached to their power. We learned that early Ooh. on in the in the comic book. Like if you're purple, you're probably like a super ultra powerful wizard. Uh-huh. If you're green, it's somewhere in the book. Remember when they're in the elevator and if you're in the elevator and your elevator is a different color, you know what kind right. of wizard you, you are. You can only so, go to certain floors and everything. Exactly. Yeah. So that's another piece that I loved in the interview that he did is that it wasn't just him writing the book. It was like everyone, like Kari had his influence. Emilio mm. had his influence. And so you see all these different things that we don't see in like Harry Potter movies or any yeah. of the other wizard movies where, you know, based on the color of your, the magic your wand makes, it sort of tells the other people how powerful you are on that family tree. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, and so I love, I love that aspect of it. I, you know, and again, I don't want to, I think we, me and you always have to toe that line between giving too much information <laughs> I because know. I really do want people to read these books and I don't want them just to listen in and then get everything and be like, well, what's the point? Right. Uh, so, exactly. so it's such a, it's such a good book. And then the journey with Aaron in jail and how yes. Spencer, you know, He's trying to break, he's trying to go up against the system. He's trying to change mm-hmm. things. And what does he do? He does a lot of things to better himself and empower himself and also reconnect with Aaron because he has yes. all of Aaron's memories now because right. they touched they, they had, Yep, yeah. they had they know each they know where the other person has been and what they've gone yes. through. Yeah, and I think that's where like the empathy, the compassion, the uh, for oh, I want to say forgiveness, but forgiveness never permission is a quote. <laughs> Used yeah. throughout, and I, I want 
to talk about that too. Like, you know, what does that mean? You know, forgiveness, never permission. It, it seemed whenever I read it, it was always when a character was doing something just on their own outside of like the lines, outside of the yeah. boundaries and say, we'll forgive later. <laughs> we don't right. need to ask permission. We're just... It's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like when Spencer broke the rules of the test, well, broke the rules, the finger quotes of his test. Right. He completed it. Yes. He did it. He knew what the rules were, but he's like, I'm just going to finish just a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, again, ask for forgiveness later. Let me just do this thing now instead of hearing yes or no. Let me say, I'm sorry I did that. I won't do it again. You know, type thing. Kind of like right. how children, you know, oh, I won't do that again. Oh, okay, now I know. I won't do that. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so I, I love, that is the the quote throughout, forgiveness, never permission. And I love that, right? It kept, yeah. it kept uh, coming into to play. Uh, and so I, I want to read, there's like a, so this is from the letters page, which again, I only got like a little piece because they don't put it out out there on the web randomly Uh it's just it's a small (laughs) little screenshot that somebody randomly shared and i don't know you don't have the the letters either do you because you're you're on hoopla too but this is what brandon thomas says just to sort of sum up like his thoughts on the book and why he wrote it and where he was coming from and i think we even already touched on this but in his words he says with excellence we're trying to construct something new yes there are tropes and cloaks and wands but this is different. This is about responsibility. And I know what you're thinking. You've heard it all before. With great power, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All this is different from that. Being black is about understanding that what you do is not just about you. It's about what you represent. You have a responsibility to not just represent yourself, but your block, your borough, your community, your race. It's not right, and it's not fair, but it is what it is. So basically, you know, the idea of being black means you have to represent your race, and that's something that's like sort of yeah. put on your shoulders. So I, I, yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah, I could remember certain instances. Like I remember this. This is this is college. I remember I was taking this education class. I think I was the only black kid. Yeah, I had to be the only black kid there because I got asked this question. Now there was a shooting at an off-campus party the weekend before, and so the teacher stops class. Well, not stops class. I don't even think it really started. But I just remember just in class he asked, so. Breck, what do you think happened? And I was like, uh, because uh, I didn't go. I wasn't there. I don't know. Yeah. But a lot of people who were there, I knew. It was actually, it was, let's say it was three Qs who rented that house and had a party. And again, somebody got turned away or something. Somehow there was a shooting at the party. I can't even remember all the details now. But somebody got shot. A, a student got shot. Um... Like I said, people I knew were there and everything. Nobody died. Thank goodness for that. Um, but yeah, but just to ask, hey, what do, what do you think of it? Then I got to right. represent, you know, <sighs> all the black students on campus. Like, I don't know, right. man. I wasn't there. I can't tell you anything right. about it. And he had to or, ask you, like, call yeah. you out. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or it's yeah. just, you know, I mean, just how people how people certain people do things well you're from chicago how do you right. feel, like, how do you I've feel got, about mm-hmm. when i got I, man i there was i used to my my job before i became a teacher i worked at this place called uh brown county shelter care it's pretty much the center where kids uh ages between 10 and 17 go when they're figuring out what their next step is whether they've just been released from uh, juvenile detention whether their parents are abusive and they're about to go into foster care whatever it might be so it ranges the gamut and I just remember this one kid who always asked me questions about Chicago. And I remember the one thing he said was, well, Chicago has bullet or every house in Chicago has bullet holes, right? Mm. And I was like, what? No, what are you talking about? That doesn't even mm. make sense. 
How how small do you think Chicago is? Right. I mean, or what is your what do you view? What is your, what's your view of Chicago? I guess um, is there violence? Yes, I will say that. Yeah, of course, but that's anywhere in the U.S. Exactly. You're gonna have violence, right? So I mean, just the yeah, when you get singled out and you got like you said, represent your block, your borough, who mm-hmm. you are, the whole black race, and finger quotes. Um, I don't know if anybody has seen or Sophia, if you have seen uh, in the Heights. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So the character, you know, who goes away, she goes to. Oh man, where does she go now? I can't remember. She she left. She's she left the Bronx. Oh man, I can't. Remember. She was somewhere on the West Coast, and she was like, I had to. I thought I had to represent the block. I thought I had to represent the bro. I thought I had to represent us. And, you know, when she was out there, she's like, it was just too big a responsibility. I couldn't do it. Um, in the Heights, good movie. I oh wait, in the heights. Oh, that's a new one. Never mind. I'm oh thinking yeah, yeah. Else. I'm thinking oh, something yeah. else. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in the heights, Lin Manuel. Lin, yeah, yeah. Miranda. No, yep, I did yep, not see yep. that. I'm thinking a different uh, movie because I was like, wait, who who left? But no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't remember that part. But no, that's the new one that I want to watch. Which yes. that that got a whole bunch of other flack too. You, uh, yes, it did. I thought about that a whole other. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. That was so a whole other can of worms. But yeah. But I mean, that scene, it was like, man, that's so true because that's anybody. If you're the only whatever in the group, you felt that. If you're the only yeah. white guy, if you're the only female, if you're the only, um, if you're the only one that's praying, if you're the only one who's reading, if you're the only one who's whatever, I'm sure at one point or another, someone has always been. Well, I don't know what always, but at one point or another, many people have been the only one who, and you fill in that blank. Right. Well, that's. You know? I feel like that. All. I mean. You know, even be I like I have to represent my religion because I wear the scarf. You uh-huh. knew me before I even wore it. Yeah. But yeah. But I, you know, when I started wearing it, like what was it like seven and a half years ago? I I, I wore it for my own personal reasons, and mm-hmm. I have my reasons and all of that. But you know, wherever I go, I feel like I have to represent like my whole faith, my religion, because mm-hmm. people look at me because they have their one opinion or idea yeah. of what a Muslim is. And we've talked about this in our yeah. first, you know, our first podcast episode, and and that goes back to how the media portrays us and how mm-hmm. black people are portrayed mm-hmm. in you know and that and that's that's why we talk about these things and so it's yeah. a burden on our shoulders to always have to be the, the expert in yeah. our group <laughs> yes and I, I think i think brandon or is it kari i don't know one of them said that the it's like the world is on our shoulders and every day is shoulder day yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know much. and i felt yeah. and i felt that because even though you know i i'm not a black male or in the black community i have my own community where i have to represent still, and right you, and you stand out yeah like right, you said right. when you wear your scarf people look Oh, exactly you know, and then they and... have their own image or idea yeah. of what i'm supposed to be or how i'm like oh am i oppressed or even it's my and, choice and, to wear and, it. and you know what's funny and then there's people within that own community and you got you, yep. you they feel oh you're doing the right thing or you're doing the wrong thing exactly it's like oh my man it's, just, it's in every single community because <laughs> we even talk about <sighs> within our own communities and how you know, we, we in past episodes we talked about black on black crimes. Even mm-hmm. on you know within our own communities, we're hurting each yeah. other, and even within like the Muslim community, the South Asian, we're we're harping on each other with their skin colors. We we, we know we yeah. need to still talk. <laughs> I know we said we'll do Bollywood one day, and I have a lot to say about the South Asian community and when it comes to whitewashing and colorism mm. and all the problems we have with race and skin color in our own community, and it all goes back to 
you know, being colonized by Europeans and the beauty (laughs) standards. We can, Uh, we can do a whole episode on that, but we are attacking our, our own people in our communities. And so this book, again, Brandon Thomas is saying he's trying to show the black experience, just the culture, just the little nuances that, Mm -hmm. you know, that speak to that. So, uh, I love this book, and like I said, I you don't have to be black or a guy or whatever yeah. or a wizard to uh, to to relate. You just have to be a person, and if you have parents, uh, you probably will relate anyway because of the yeah. whole you know parent relationship. I definitely related on that end, and and so I don't know. I just I always I I always want to thank you for you know introducing me to these works of art because they're not things that I would normally even know about, and I that makes me sad too though that excellence isn't talked about like you know we got the peter parkers out there you know the spider-mans which Mm -hmm. you know we all of us love spider-man because there's parts of his life that we can relate to but at the same time there's also parts of his life we can't relate to because he's a a white male of privilege (laughs) like you know he's got privilege no matter what and uh so when we see these characters like spencer dales you know we can relate on a different level um, and so that's why I just I would I I just want to actually ask how how did you find out about excellence? Well, ever since I'm just playing. No, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I follow everybody who's like no um, no. I just happen to go into like I usually do is go to comic shop Wednesday, which that's actually today. Everybody, it's Wednesday. Oh, yeah. And funny side note, this is how this is how I tell my stories. Sorry, everyone, but so. <laughs> I actually said actually sent my list ahead of time to the comic shop saying, "Hey, can you hold these issues for me? Or these comics for me? Or add this to my list? This, take this off my list?" And so with excellence, just like with Bitterroot, just happened to walk in, and I was like, "Uh huh, black people on the wall. Let me pick this up." Because <laughs> I think you st- said every story. Yeah, because oh, it's true. <laughs> that if you ask me how I chose my college one day, and yeah, it's pretty much oh, the same funny. thing. Like oh black people so but I mean <laughs> that's how I found Bitter Root and I was it had and I was looking at because you said you saw Volume One in Hoopla right and if you go to the end it has the cover gallery mm-hmm. and they have the cover A so it's the you know the main cover if you will that everybody gets and I think it's of uh, Spencer and it has different you know shots behind him I actually got that in a nine point eight um, slabbed you know so it's graded it's nine point eight comic mm. book. So I have that, and then the comic that I actually bought was the cover B, which I was like, oh, this is an interesting cover because it shows a pregnant woman, and then it shows inside the womb was like a kid holding the wand. Yep, that's a yeah. And I was like, oh, this book is crazy. I said, but again, all those black people, and then I always see what covers there are because, you know, there's always, you always want to buy what you like, you know, when it comes to covers, personal tip, everybody. But, and so I was like, oh. This this one has a pregnant lady with a baby with a wand. Oh, I'm getting this one. And that's the cover that I bought. And I didn't pick it up for a while, I'm not gonna lie. I kinda, kinda let it lapse. And then I was like, no, you know what? Let me let me pick this up again. So I think I picked it up again around say issue five or six. I have I have all of them because I went back and got them all. Uh, but I picked it up then and then of course at the issue six, like you said, that's volume one. So they took a they took a little break. And I noticed most comic books that come from image will do that. Bitter Root did that, it's a perfect example. Where they get the whole you know, they'll get the whole volume, whatever it may be, however many issues, and then kinda of take a break. And that's what happened with Bitter Root. But I mean that's what happened with excellence. 
But then it also happened. That was right around the time of pandemic. So then it came even a longer break. Right. And then when it finally came back, I mean, of course, there's interest in it because you were stuck at home. Oh, let me read. Oh, let me see what's out there. And so I think there was a lot of renewed interest. And like you said, those letters pages, just reading the letters pages after. So after uh, the pandemic, because during that time, you know, we had the George Floyd video come out. Mm-hmm. So, so there was there was talk about that actually in the letters page. Yes. And Brandon Thomas and Corey Randolph actually addressed it. And because, like you said, we're talking about it, how you said you see the overseers. It's like, it's like talking to a slave. Somebody mm-hmm. in volume two, there's a picture, there's an image of um, someone who used to live in the White House um, <laughs> and a bunch of other people around him. And somebody was upset and was like, I read comics to get away from this. And this is wasn't I expected. I expected better of you guys. And Corey Randolph said, it was always there. Yeah. Now, I'm sorry you didn't notice it before. I'm talking about white supremacy, in case you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said, this was always there in the book. I'm sorry if you didn't realize it before. Um, now it's going to be it's blatantly because it's in your face. Now you got to you know. Now you have to. I can't remember what he said, but it's like now you have to kind of deal with it, if you will. You have to you have to choose how you're going to deal with it. Now that it's blatantly said, because um, again, you go you use the Spider-Man analogy. You know, Peter Parker. Oh, okay, his uncle Ben died. Oh, okay, cool. But when you see it, it kind of hits different. Right. And so I think it hit this person different when they see um, the white you know the people that are represented in white supremacy. And so I think it hit that person different, but like you said, it was always there. It's not like it wasn't there, because even you, even like you said, you picked up on it, right. and you haven't read volume two, so right. it's always there. But it's like eh, it's just there, man. You just just now that it's in your face, you're kind of like, oh, blah blah blah, blah. but right. it was well, always the, there. It was always. There. I mean, the story arc in volume one is all about him. Seeing a broken system, the mm-hmm. the system has this power. It can it can take it from you. It can take you know what the core essence of you away from you, right? Yeah. Something that you own that's yours, your rights, your gift, and they can punish you. And at the end, they say, "Well, you should be grateful for what you do have," you know. And yep. so, hello, <laughs> it's the it just shows that you know what this character is willing to do to make the system right again and i think that speaks volumes like you said and with the with the george floyd conversation that's been happening and and they even mentioned that i think in the interview like this again this is what's happening in the real world it's going to yeah. be reflected in the books and comic books have always reflected real I'm life gonna say, I yeah, they've always had yeah. i don't know why people so i don't, I don't know, know about <laughs> political like uh it's right. always been that way you it's read, always been that like, way have you read captain america in the 80s or right. X-Men. Exactly. Or anybody. It's like, Superman come on, taking man. on Hitler. Right. Yeah. I mean, I never, I, you know, I did a presentation a couple of years ago in like a, out there in the boonies in Illinois. I like, I don't know. It's like Collinsville, Illinois. Out, 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 out there. Never heard and of okay. I, I was talking about comic books. Well, one of the things I was talking about was comic books. And I had an image of, um, of a superhero and, um, and the superhero, 
who was it? Oh, who was the superhero? Darn it, I can't even remember. But he was, oh, I think it was Luke Cage. Yeah, it was Luke Cage, oh, okay. and he was punching Trump. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and in one of the, I don't know what, where, what this, you know, comic book, but I was just showing how it was reflecting. It was like Trump's limo was blocking traffic, and Luke Cage got mm. upset, and he like he didn't, he wasn't punching him. He was picking up his limo yeah. and putting it somewhere else. I don't know. So the, that was it. Was just a funny image. It wasn't anybody right. punching anyone. So I take that back. No one was punching anyone. But anyway, so all he was doing, picking up the limo and saying, "You need to move back here. You know, you're blocking traffic." So then when I was done with my presentation, I was looking at the evaluations, and somebody was angry. They were like, "How dare you oh, put boy. down our president?" And oh, I'm like, "Oh, well, that's how I know I'm in the wrong <laughs> part of Illinois here." I never went back, by the way, because they invited me to come back, and I was like, "I did not feel good there." Mm. Um, but, but again, people are like, they don't want to be confronted, right? Yeah. Like even in their media, even in their comic books. But again, movies and everything has always reflected yeah. what's happening. So you've got to look at the hard truth. This is what's happening. People don't like this person. This person's disenfranch- you know, uh, disenfranchised on so many of their rights. It's going to be reflected in the comic book. And- you know, it's funny you mention that because, I mean, yeah. I, I've, I have this uh... – this this bound edition, it's like Superman the Dailies is like nineteen thirty wait, Superman was what, created nineteen what thirty seven? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, the point is, it's these like these old, old, early Superman comic strips or newspaper strips because he used to be in the newspaper. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's going up against slumlords and trying to you know make sure people have decent housing. Like this is what this is this is Superman. This is again early, early Superman. You know, in the papers before he could fly, this is when he's still jumping on the, you know, jumping, you know, leaping and whatever else to get around. So it's, it's crazy that, you know, I don't like politics in my country. Well, hey, history shows that politics have always been there. Exactly. Whether it's in your face or whether it's, um, or whether it's a metaphor for something else. I mean, yeah. even, even DC just put out, um, what is it, the other history of the DC universe? And every issue features someone, of, you know, a DC character of color. It shows how things are going from their point of view. Like, the first episode was Black Lightning. Or, first episode, wow. First issue was Black Lightning. And then it goes mm. to Teen Titans. So, it's talking with uh, Guardian and Bumblebee. Then it's Katana. Then it's um, mm. The Question. So, Renee Montoya. And then it's supposed to be either Lightning or Thunder. I don't know. One of Black Lightning's daughters. So and that right. so it's just coming like full circle. And it's like okay, well this is how this is how crisis happened. But here's what I was dealing with, like like with the Black Lightning one. It shows what he was dealing with within his own community, why he was so angry, how he ended up where he ended up, what was going on in his life personally. So yeah, you had the big cosmic stuff that's happening. But you know, again, I just love how you can have a comic book like Excellence, Bitter Root, Superman, whoever, Spider Man, X Men. And mm-hmm. you still, they still talk about, hey, here's here's how my here's how my everyday here's how my everyday life is going. Here's what's going on. Like Captain America back in the day, he used to be an artist. They would show him just mm-hmm. going to his apartment and drawing, right. you know, stuff like that. Or even Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner. Again, he was a he was a freelance artist too. Same thing. So it's just cool to see snippets of their lives, right? You know. And yeah, guess what? Sometimes it's gonna be political. I mean, you read Green Arrow. Oh man, that dude's very political. Right. Man. 
Well, like so, even yeah. Harry Potter has its, you know, the undertones of of race and this and all the different. I mean, Harry Potter has been in the news for other uh, reasons, <laughs> uh, you know. Yes. And but you know, but there's in every book, Lord of the Rings, all of the classics. Uh-huh. There's all these different undertones of like classism and racism and poverty and all these, you know. So again, it's uh, you know, for people to be upset if this isn't your cup of tea, this isn't your cup of tea. But this is a, a beautiful book about a yeah. young man trying to stand up for for his, his himself and others and um i really do hope this is one of those books that people know about and kari even said that he drew everything with cosplayers in mind so i oh, really wow. want to see people see cosplaying oh can you imagine that would just be so like I ugh, can, what a beautiful I can see that, circle. yeah it's not it's yeah. not like you know, tight spandex. I mean, you see what. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you see, you see what Spencer's wearing. It's like every other. It's like every day. Well, I wouldn't say every day gear, but it's something that's easily affordable. Something that someone could get. Yes. And put together. And I his mom was that. always dressing like. Well, she was even wearing like a headscarf, and she was wearing mm-hmm. like her turban. And I'm like, oh, I could be his mom. So. Yeah, so see, there <laughs> so, you go. There you go. No, but it's like somebody, something <laughs> for everyone. And he 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 drew everything with them in mind. So I really hope you know the next C2E2 or wherever Comic Con people are at. You know, we uh, we see some Spencer Dales out there, some Aaron's out there. I think that would be it'd be yeah. neat to see people in cloaks and have their wands. Oh, I would love that so much to see you, that. You know, so. you know, it's interesting. Because I feel like we're coming to the end, but th- there's also that that deal of like you said, Spencer taking down a corrupt system, mm-hmm. but then his father kind of being complicit, yes, and with it too. Because that's yes. a, you know again, like we said, a lot of the issue is father and son. It's about a father son relationship. And Maddox is involved, and his undertones are involved, but a lot of times, because again, uh, Raymond Spencer's dad is like, no, we got to protect the family. We got to do what's right. We can't save. I mean that his. Spencer's grandmother is his mother. And he's like, no, we can't use the magic. We can't save her. I'm sorry. Of course, Spencer goes around that, and you can see <laughs> that and what he does. And, again, I don't want to say too much, but there's there's <laughs> there's stuff that happens in the book, and they get they get into it. I mean, especially in Volume 2, like, you think it's bad now. Man, wait until you see Volume 2. And I don't even think we talked about the, the, the time-jumping stuff a whole lot. Mm, I don't know yeah. if you noticed that. Yeah. You know, you see him at 15 and 19. Yes. And then I think in volume two or even at the end of volume one, you see him when he's 30, I want to say. Now, does he I look think. like his age? Because the whole time I'm thinking, he looks like Michael B. Jordan, who's like in his 30s, like our age. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like looking at the, I'm like, he's supposed to be 17, but he looks like he's 35 in this. So yeah. I think that's the only thing I was confused about when <laughs> I was reading. It was like, yeah, Spencer so looks way older than 17. <laughs> yeah, there, there's time jumps. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. You'll, you'll of, but they're pretty easy to, you can, you, I mean, they tell you where you're yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, I will say it, it tells and, you. Yeah, so I think it, it works out. I know, I think in a bitter was doing the same thing you know flashbacks and all that stuff is going to happen in in stories because they have to set it up in some way so you know a little bit of background so it's going to happen it's probably going to be less in volume two i'm assuming less less of that happening in volume two but uh we'll we'll see but yeah i'm that's on my list of things to read and i really like i said everyone go and get it i mean we only will talk about really things that we like on here i don't think we've read a comic book yet 
Well, except there was a far sector I wasn't getting into, but I said I would try. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. so, so far, take, it takes I've a minute. Them. I'm not going to front. It takes a minute. I mean, it takes know, a minute, but I'll, I'll get back into it's it. It's not but for everybody, and that's okay. And hey, that's okay. You know? We all have yeah. our own exactly. But I, I say we give this, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of props to the writers and the colors and the, mm-hmm. and the artists, and we hope everyone picks up their copy of Excellence very very yeah. soon. And I was right. gonna say it has it hasn't gone too far, so it's not like X Men where there's 600 issues or whatever. Oh, Y'all, I don't know where to start. It's only on issue 10 or 11. Yep. So, so it's catch easy up to fast. pick up. I mean, you could again Hoopla download that app, and then when the second volume comes out, you could download that. App, you know, read it again, or you know, head to your LCS, which again, if you don't know, local comic shop. Um, they would love to have new people in. You know, or, again, in most comic shops, they have what's called a pool list. Where you say, hey, can you hold this for me? And they'll pull an issue for you every month. So you don't have to worry about, oh, man, it's going to be sold out. Oh, it's sold out. I missed it. Ah. And again, Excellence isn't one of the top selling books either. So you're shopping, you know, in LCS, we only get, you know, 10 copies or whatever. Once it's gone, it's gone. So, but oh, people are award. People want me to hold this. Oh, I got. I got to order more copies for the wall. Right. Um, yeah. So stuff happens. And like you said, that whole juice thing, you know, there's variant covers. There are, yep. I mean, yep. You look at Bitterroot, going back to that real quick. They did a homage cover to uh, Boys in, movie poster, Boys in the Hood, mm. um, Purple Rain, Juice, yep, Purple New Jack Rain, City, yep. and uh, oh, the Spike Lee joint that everybody loves. Fight the Power was the theme song. Run the, or, uh, Public Enemy, and uh, I'm blanking on it. Brooklyn, oh. Mookie. Ah, I can't think of what the... Do the right thing, and that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, and that's the nice thing, right? They do these oh, like these covers that are odes to it, and I think Kari says he has some ideas, but he doesn't want to leak them because now he's afraid someone's going to copy him. Because oh. I think the whole bitter root comparison <laughs> with Juice, I think he was a little like, I'm not going to let anyone know in the future what I'm doing. But it sounds like he has some ideas, so I'm looking forward oh, okay. to, to seeing. I'm gonna, his look, I'm gonna have to look up that interview. I'm I know, yeah. Now. Well, you know, the interview was for Kickstarter because they were doing their Kickstarter uh, back. Yeah, so yeah. It was actually, with, you know what? Yeah, I. I I helped fund the Aww. the deluxe edition. The deluxe Aww. was that it? The deluxe yep, edition. Yep, yep, yeah, I helped. Yep, I helped fund that. Yep. Yeah. So oh, I helped, then, huh, oh man, I wish I had known that because I kind of they were talking about all the extras you get, right? And all yeah, the, the, the tears oh. and I, oh yeah, yeah, I went all in. I, I had to make sure my name was in the book. Oh, right, that's the, oh, that's amazing. Okay, so so there's another comic out there, guys, called Black. And in this world, all, I think we may have talked about it, where all, well, only only black people have superpowers. Mm. And the sequel actually just came out, and it's called White. Ha, <laughs> go figure that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, but the same thing, you know, it started on Kickstarter, and that black has also been an option. And so that, everybody wants to get copies of that. But, um, but again, same thing, a deluxe hardcover bound of the series, uh, your name in there, you know, so you can, you know, flip to the inside cover two pages in or whatever, like, oh, there's my name right there. I love that. Um, so I did yep. the same thing with Excellence. I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, Excellence. So, yeah. Well, even they had the Kickstarter, like, if you pay the certain whatever, you even get your, they draw you, mm-hmm. and even yeah, Brandon I, I, I was like. I didn't go that high. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's above <laughs> my, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you my even, name's you, cool, but, yeah. 
but that would be something else, right? Getting yes. a character, and, he, and Brandon even said to probably get a line, too. He'd probably yeah. give me a line. I'm like, oh, gosh. But, yeah, that's the interview, so everyone check out. Just type okay. in Kickstarter and type in Excellence Creators, and you'll find it on YouTube. And yeah, uh, I'm sure. Interviewers were not that great, but I just love listening to Brandon <laughs> and Kari. They did great, so well, uh, okay. definitely follow okay. them. So. Yeah. All right, well, thanks, everyone, for joining us, and we hope, Thank again, you. you pick up this book, and we'll yes. talk to you next time. Bye, Excellence everyone. Excellence is real. Bye. Excellence is real. <laughs> <laughs>